written in chalk, the echo of Arthur Stace, explores the legend of the man who became Mr Eternity and how that word ended up emblazoned across the Sydney Harbour Bridge at the turn of the millennium. This award-winning documentary is now available to watch in the free Vision app. Just tap the Watch tab and scroll to the Written in Chalk channel. If you don't have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, download it when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store or click the link at vision.org.au slash app. Vision Watch. Another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. At some point in life, we all experience major disruptions. Everything's going along fine, and bang, something happens, and life will never be the same again. So is that a threat, an opportunity, or both? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program. Now today we're going to be taking a look at those life-changing events from a different perspective. And do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about the powerful prayer that could be coming your way to help you through whatever you happen to be dealing with in your life just at the moment. Probably one of the most devastating things that can happen to us in life is when we lose our soulmate. A wife loses her husband or a husband loses his wife. There are a lot of widows out there because we men have a tendency to die a bit younger than women. I like to think that's because we men work a whole bunch harder than women. That was a joke, right? Please don't write me any letters. J-O-K-E, joke. Anyhow, there are many, many women who are widows. And depending what country and culture you live in, there are plenty of men out there whose wives have divorced them. It's hard to imagine something more devastating than losing your soulmate, except perhaps losing a child. Now, none of us wishes those things on anyone, right? We certainly don't wish them on ourselves. But here's one thing that I know. At some stage, my beautiful wife Jackie and I will be separated because for one of us, our time on this earth will be over. I've seen people react to that sort of loss in a few different ways. First of all, of course, there's a time of grieving over the loss. That is normal, and people should be allowed to grieve and that's followed by a sense often of emptiness and loneliness, a void that it seems that no one else can fill. But after that, there are basically three different ways that people handle that sort of a loss. Firstly, some never recover. They never get over the loss and they pine away and often they pass away soon thereafter. Then there are those who, well, they never quite recover. They live kind of a half-life, never really enjoying the rest of their lives. And then finally, there are those who, whilst they will always miss their soulmate, get on and they live this new stage of their lives in a different way. It may not be the loss of a soulmate. It could be that you lose your job. It could be that your house burns down and the only thing left is yourself, all your possessions, all those things that you were sentimental about, gone. I know a man who lives in a town where the whole place was wiped out by a terrible bushfire a few years ago and many people lost their lives. I know a young woman with a young family who's had two major cancer episodes and a limb amputated. Perhaps you suffer an injury or an illness that stops you doing the things that you were once able to do. The thing is, we never know what's around the next corner and what's over the next rise. Life is just going along fine and then, bang, 
it seems to blow up in your face. Okay, so now what? I know with absolute certainty that right now there's someone listening to this thinking, hey, that's me. That's where I am in life. And, you know, I also know that there are people listening today who next week or next month or next year are going to be hit by one of these terrible life-changing episodes in their life and they'll be left reeling, wondering what to do. So, what do you do? What's the answer? I've been through a couple of those in my life and as I look back on them, I would never wish them on anyone. In fact, not on my worst enemy. And yet those tragedies which have left their scars, in a sense, they're part of who I am. They've changed me, they've moulded me, they've shaped me into the person that I would never have become but for those tragedies, in a good way. Of course I grieved, of course I struggled for a time, and yes, I needed the help of friends and loved ones and I needed support around me. But there came a point where I had a decision to make, and that's the bit that I want to chat about with you today. There was a three-way decision. What do I do? Do I give up on life completely and just die? Do I live a grey half-life, never really enjoying the rest of my life? Or do I get on with it? Do I grab life by the horns and get on with it and live it to the full? What am I going to do? Tragedy has a way of immobilising us. But I'm naturally your glass-half-full kind of guy. It's how I see the world. And so the couple of times that in my life things have taken a twist that I would never have dreamt of or never have wanted for for myself, what I've discovered is this, a world full of new possibilities. Does that make sense? Tragedies take away something or someone that we love. That's why it's a tragedy. But with the benefit of hindsight, I can also tell you that when the dust settles, when the grieving is over, tragedies inevitably remove limitations and boundaries and they open up new possibilities. There was a man by the name of Job. In fact, he has a whole book dedicated to him in the Old Testament of the Bible. He lost everything. A long, tragic story. I mean, the guy lost all his wealth, possessions, family, friends, health, his status, everything. He was a really good guy. He was a man who honoured and obeyed God. It was devastating. His friends criticised him. He went to God to ask God why, and God refused to answer him. But at the end of those trials, this is what happened. Job chapter 41, verse 10. It says, The Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Sometimes we're so busy holding on to that which we lost that we can't take hold of the new blessings, the different blessings that the future holds. When Job was struggling through all his trials, he could never have imagined that he'd end up getting double for his trouble. Can I ask you something? What are you still grieving over? What is it from the past? Something that you lost, something that hurt you, something that left you feeling worse off and you just can't let it go. As long as you hold on to that thing from the past, my friend, it has a hold over you. And as long as it has a hold over you, you can't take hold of the blessings just around the next corner and over the next rise. As long as we are grieving over the past, that grief robs us of the joy that we can experience today and in the future. Sometimes things happen that aren't fair. Sometimes things happen that we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves. But I know with all my heart, with every fibre of my being, that there are new blessings waiting on the other side of that. The only question is, 
whether you're prepared to take hold of them. The simple yet profound truth is that God is a God of blessing. Suffering and blessing visit all our lives. Jesus wasn't immune. Do you remember? He suffered. He died. And yet through all of that, God was with him. And at the end, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, God put his power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come, and he has put all things under his feet. Jesus is the name above all names. Yes, he suffered. Yes, he died. But yes, he rose again, and everyone and everything is under his dominion. Earth is his footstool. And it's the perfect hope that we have in this risen Jesus that gives us back our future after a tragedy. Let's finish up with God's word all about hope. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. By his great mercy, God has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and into an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, being kept in heaven for you. Hey, rejoice in this. Even if now for a little while you have to suffer some trials so that the genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, that though perishable is tested by fire, might be found to result in the praise and glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Before we go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word as well. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.